we are, James. Episode 10 of the Do More Good podcast. We're back again. We are. 10. It feels like a birthday. How about that? It does feel like a birthday. It feels like a, a chance to celebrate. Yes. A milestone. Yeah. We should probably go to a bar or something. We probably should, actually, talking about that. I know a good one. Where are we now? Uh, we are in uh, Salt Point Bar uh, in London's Liverpool Street. Liverpool so Street. again, we are outside of our kind of natural environment. I know. So we've done every, pretty much every one so far in either Angel or King's Cross, yeah. and we're now moving down to the city. Check us out. Going up in the world. Yeah. Okay. But it's all good. How you been? Um, I've been all right. Yeah. yeah, I've been all right. I'm saying all right because we always say good, so I'm going to say we've been all right. Could have changed it. Uh, I've been away for the weekend. I was away last time we spoke. We were at Expos. Then we had London, which was which was massive and a big weekend. And then I went away to Penzance, about as far from London as you can get. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, and then I'm away in Leeds next weekend. So. Work or? Uh, this was play. This right. Was play, so like and how was London Marathon in the end? Have you got the final numbers in? Uh, yeah. Well, we've we've beaten last year's total, um, which is what we were hoping to do. Um, so yeah, we saw for a record year. Really good. We had five. We had like I counted on the highlight show of the London Marathon program that we had at least five mentions or good references of our brand. So yes. that was like I was like yes. We had our lady who was running. I think I mentioned it on the last podcast. So we had a lady running for us who had dementia, and she was interviewed on the on London Bridge, and they got she got some really great exposure. And actually seeing her afterwards, it was brilliant. It was such. An incredible day. Yeah. Love it. it was a big day for you guys. You raised a lot of money. Yeah, big day, big day. Yeah, record year. Uh, Post event went really well. It was a shame that it was so hot and people were struggling with the heat. And like one of the girls that we had running for us, she she collapsed 200 meters from the end. So what what happened? Did she not finish? No, no finish. No medal. She raised like six grand as a ballot runner or something as well. So she raised a load of money. Okay. But um, but apart from that, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Good to be back doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah, right? it's been a while. It has been a while. It has been a while. So today we are very lucky to have a guest with us. Yeah. Right? Welcome to Dina. Thank Dina Badrashwara from Marie Curie. Good yeah. pronunciation. Um, Practice that. <laughs> so Dina's a senior digital marketing manager at Marie Curie. Um, we were really keen, actually, and we've spoke about it a bit over the last few weeks about getting someone that has a good digital background to come and talk to us a little bit about just digital in general, the charity sector, what we're embracing, what we're doing right, what we could do better at. Um, and so Dina kind of fitted the bill and came well recommended. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> no worries. So Dina, you've been around the charity sector for a few years. I'm sorry. I have been around, yeah. You have been around? <laughs> you have been around. Promiscuously around the charity sector. So you've no. worked. I, sorry, I did some LinkedIn stalking. Of course, yeah. Of I course. Did You'll get the alerts yeah. any second now. You'll start popping up. Yeah, well, yeah. someone looked at your profile. Um, so you've been at NSPCC, Axe on Hearing Loss, Everyman Male Cancer, and always in digital roles, really. Mm. Yeah, um, I started off in fundraising. Did you? Yeah, I started off in fundraising, but that was because I wanted to get into the charity sector desperately. So um, that was my move in. So was that always the aim, to get into the charity sector, or did you do anything before that? I, um, well, I worked in planning in my local council, which was really fun. Wasn't that's, that's fun at all. <clears throat> but my degree was in multimedia technology and design. Um, but I did a degree in multimedia 
before social media even existed. So let's yes. just say well, that whole degree is completely days. irrelevant wow. now. <laughs> <laughs> so what did that include? What was that pre-social media? There was a lot of... Um, it was quite broad, actually. There was a lot that I did with film, which I found okay. really interesting. So there's a lot on the content side and brand and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and websites. So it was when websites were... I, re- I still yeah, remember so the days. So this show, this shows age. <laughs> you found my mustache. <laughs> this shows my age when I used to read New Media Age. Can you remember when it used to be called New Media? Yes. So this yeah. was. I mean, look, James is looking as blankly. He's like, what, what does Baby. that mean? Yeah. What does it mean? It was that. That was the, the start the of the digital of revolution. Yeah, yeah, basically. It was when we had spread. AOL email addresses. <laughs> had to go to a friend's house to use the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And you used to knock at the phone line as well that you couldn't. Make a phone exactly. call. Exactly, can't yeah. make a phone call. Oh, those are the days. So things have changed. Things have changed a little bit. No, so things have changed. So Dino, obviously, is someone who who's kind of living and breathing digital in a in a in a charity today. What's what's your general feeling about how charities are embracing digital? And I guess you could probably talk a little bit about your experience in it. Yeah, um, I think. Generally, from a very general perspective, we are definitely embracing digital. Um, Some charities do that better or differently than others. Um, There's, I think, a feeling of digital being so closely associated with technology and technology being expensive that can make it hard to get into. and that's quite an interesting debate, I suppose. But I also think there's quite a long way to go. So I don't know if you saw, but um, Zoe Amar Communications had a report that came out recently looking at the state of digital in the charity sector. I think we referenced oh, think it we on it. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, was, I was listening. Um, and I, I thought that was really interesting because... It can just be about barriers to was it something like skills being obviously we paid a lot of attention when we referenced it before but it was skills being the barrier rather than investment or was it investment rather than skills I can't remember which way around it was now I think what's really interesting is that digital teams don't necessarily exist in the commercial sector but they do exist in the charity sector and why is that why do we have digital teams um, and that's where skills come in it's because we are trying to upskill people who should have digital skills to have those skills themselves to be able to do digital um, but because charities can be quite challenging in the way that they work um, with the number of teams that you have to work with to do things that's just the nature of what it is mm. I think it is just really difficult to make that happen um, I went to a presentation um, maybe a year ago with the, the head of digital Oxfam saying he's, he's desperate to make himself redundant that he wants to upskill everyone exactly, in the organisation yeah. so that they are digitally savvy enough that they, he no longer needs to, to organise that and to run that himself yeah and I think that's what we should be aiming for we should be aiming to devolve what we're doing out of our team encourage fundraisers and other people to take those skills on do it themselves they should, they know their product they know their audience um, 
they just need to know a bit more about the technology and how to do certain things and we can help them with that and do some consultative stuff. Mm. But um, the thing is, I guess the technology is moving so quickly, mm. right? And, and, and I think that's one of the things that personally I find is that you can't keep on top of it if you're not kind of working in it every day. Mm. Um, so I guess, you know, you always kind of have to see what, what's the next big thing, what's the latest report that's come out, who's having the most impact here. How, how do you try and keep on top of the trends and, and actually what other people are doing? How, how does that look I honestly think that there's a bit of a pressure to do that. Right. Um, and often we're looked to as the fountain of knowledge you know what are the latest digital trends and you're kind of going I don't know QR codes <laughs> what um, but give me the next no makeup selfie yes yeah, exactly so I don't I think there is a certain pressure yeah. that comes along with the job to know those kind of things um, and I do think that if you're working in digital, you have to genuinely be interested in it yeah. and you need to, you, you'll be reading about it anyway because you have a genuine interest and you're passionate about what you're doing. We talked about that a little bit when we came to the sort of personal brand stuff, about that passion for what you do coming through. Um, so people in my, I've, I run the events team at Sue Rider and I think people can just tell that we are really keen on doing it ourselves and taking part in events. Mm. And, uh, similarly with you guys I guess if people are coming to you as for guidance on that sort of thing then that passion will come through yeah I think just so. being interested a bit outside of work yeah. it's not work I guess before we were recording we talked a little bit about how certain charities are kind of looking to upskill the whole team and you've mentioned it a little bit yourself what kind of training did you go through when you kind of you joined the charity sector working in a digital role maybe after fundraising mm. Was there a lot of support there? Did you get on courses and really kind of get to grips with it that way? Um, yes and no. So I got into digital. I think my degree really gave me a base of this is the sort of thing that I'm interested in doing. So when I was doing fundraising at Everyman, um, which is part of the Institute of Cancer Research, I was um, championing social media. And that was back in 2009 when things were really blowing up with Twitter and Facebook and we didn't have a Facebook page, we didn't have a Twitter profile and I was the one going, guys, we really need to do this and trying to encourage our senior leadership team to see the value in doing that. Um, and that's really how I fell into digital, I think, because I just ended up setting all of that up, setting up all the email marketing, um, <laughs> And then got so a job. Was there a digital team in place? No. So you no. really were kind of pioneering for that, that yeah. organisation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that must be quite tough, up. though, I guess, because I mean, the pressure. You know, one yeah. Of the, but one of the things that we hear about quite a lot is about this digital transformation and like what com what what organisations, charities, or be it other organisations, are really embracing digital and actually how many of them have a, like a future plan that says this is where we're going to go in terms of our digital strategy and this is what we're going to do over these years. But I can imagine back then that almost digital was still seen as oh we don't really understand it. It's for the young kids that have just come out of universities, maybe like yourself, that had a bit yeah. of a multimedia degree. Therefore, we'll let them do it and they can kind of decide on whether it fails or whether it's yeah. a success, right? Yeah, I think that was that was exactly what it was. And also when you, your view is that your supporters on, on those channels, 
um, that makes it quite tough to yeah. do that job. Mm. Yeah. And I guess it's maybe there wasn't a huge amount of investment in that, but it's still taking something of a risk there to do that. Um, and it's that you were saying earlier that that's a big barrier for innovation within the sector at the moment around digital. Yeah, I think so. I think it's really hard to. Um, really go out there and do big bold things when you're spending donor money and especially from a fundraising perspective because what you're doing is marketing or what I do is market fundraising products and if you're doing a big VR campaign or using AI how is that perceived? Um, I think there's a certain PR element to it and lots of charities that have test the waters with it get good PR in trade press for that kind of thing but going further than that I haven't seen anyone really go further than that and I think risk is a bit of a blocker because Is there anything we should be looking at? Is there anyone who you thought from the last few years put you on the spot? Is there anyone doing something really nice that you've noticed? Um, from a from using innovative yeah, perspective. Um, there was some lovely stuff around simply using kind of cardboard Google, Google Cardboard, I think mm. it's called. And cardboard iPhones. Google, yeah. Cardboard <laughs> Google. Yeah, Google Cardboard. <laughs> that's the one. Chuck yeah. it out there. Yeah. Uh, on the street with kind of um, uh, face-to-face fundraising where they could put yeah. you in... in yeah. You know, I know Amnesty yeah. did... Um, Oops. tested it with street fundraisers and you know wearing a headset and seeing what it was like we've done something like that actually at uh, Alzheimer's Research UK we did a walk through dementia project which is still going mm. which was run out of our science communications team but essentially it gives you uh, an exposure of what it's like to live with dementia and so we'll take that to our public engagement sessions and, and it really works well because yeah. then people kind of go away understanding yeah yeah. I, don't, I don't ever want my family to experience what I've just experienced in that VR yeah. headset. But again, I guess it's that point between what's the what's the fundraising return? Like it's great to raise exactly. exposure about it, but you know, are we going to get significant investment to really ramp that up and go with it? It would be a difficult challenge yes, to do. Yes, I think that's exactly it. Like, how viable is it to scale up? Mm, yeah. Um, and at the moment, things like that from what we're doing aren't very viable to scale up and actually we need to concentrate on doing other things doing the the bread and butter stuff that gets fundraisers through the door that gets money raised and you can show a good ROI and yeah but then every man never wouldn't wouldn't have ever had a digital team had had, you know they stuck to that mantra so you kind of push them in the right direction there by being innovative and spotting trends and Essentially, starting off the entire uh, digital. <laughs> <So> digital <laughs> we're going to take your responsibility. Take full responsibility for that. Yeah, Anyone listening from that organisation? Yeah. So, just say, did you two used to work with each other, or did you never work we with each other when you were? We didn't really work together, did we? Really too much. No. 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 Dean was probably far too. Otherwise, there was no ahead of the curve. She would be here. Yeah. Like, we don't she, want a traditional she, events she, fundraiser yeah. anywhere near this mm. thing. She's looking for things that are going to catch on. She's leaving things like me behind. Yeah. Dinosaur. On the beaver. But in terms of so Dina, in terms of your day-to-day job at the moment, how, yeah. is your, how is your performance measured? Because I think that's one of the things that's always interesting for me looking at digital teams and thinking, you know, we're all embracing digital. I mean, and as an event fundraiser, obviously, I look to my digital team for support on certain things. Mm. But how, how do you guys, at Marie Curie, kind of manage your performance? Um, we. Uh, uh, 
it is tricky because mm. um, we are across teams so we're not directly responsible for acquisition for example so we're not measured against that but we are measured against helping you guys get to those goals so it's how we're working with different teams um, and then the types of things that we're working on and the types of projects that we're launching um, so there's a the fundraising side of it but then there's also the services side of it and that's where we are doing some more innovative stuff um, and we are able to take a bit more risk because what we're doing is building useful tools that are going to help people um, so I think there's more growth in that from the digital so does it change then? The metrics by which you're measured change depending on what you're promoting at any one time. It's not. So for me, you know, it's, it's sign-ups and income uh, would be the kind of bread and butter of what we do. But I guess for you, it changes depending on the product. Yeah, it would. It's completely different to that, to be honest. It would be. So, for example, I'm writing my plan or have written my plans for 1819, and one of the objectives in that plan is to exclusive, um, <laughs> but really boring, is uh, <laughs> to embark on looking at email in a bit more detail and how we do that across the organisation um, and doing it a bit more strategically. Um, and I'll be measured against that. Okay. So I'll be measured about how that project goes. Um, and there are other projects that I'll work on that will be measured again. Because I guess that every project in, a, in an organisation these days, and I guess it's a bit from experience, has a digital element. Right? It yeah. always seems that if we're doing a new brand campaign, obviously there's a big digital element. Yeah. If it's a new fundraising campaign, there's a big digital element. <laughs> and actually, probably going back to our previous point, it kind of makes the case more for why isn't digitally ingrained into every team and just almost BAU kind of activity. Sorry to use a shitty acronym there, not the best word. Um, an acronym there, but yeah, we, we, had a pound, we had a swear jar that we had to remove because we were said that we wouldn't swear anymore, and I just oh no, it's hey, back. It, it's swear jar is back. Swear back. But yeah, so I guess my point is, is like yeah, making digital more a part of, of everybody else's kind of jobs and work. yeah. I mean, it doesn't have, it is, I think that's now become. Uh, the culture of an organisation is, is ingrained in everything we do now, right? Mm. It certainly is with us, with it any should, of our products. Yeah, it should be. So, so what, the, element to what does the future look like? Ooh. So, Dean, what do you think the future looks like for As digital somebody teams? Well. previously spotted this in the past. <laughs> <you know, laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the pressure. Um, I, I think there's a lot to be said for... Um, customer experience and it's not a fancy kind of AI trend or um, anything like that but I think it's so so important for us to get that experience right and digital plays a massive massive role in how that is going to work and so recently, Adobe and eConsultancy launched their 2018 Digital Trends Report, and that was quite interesting because customer experience is a big part of that, as is some other things. But a blocker to that is cross-team working, and cross-team working is massively important because 
we can't do what we do without you guys, but you can't do what you do without us. And we need to work much, much more closely together to make sure that all of those different touch points that supporters are coming through are literally the best thing and they are getting the best, best experience that they can get from you. And that isn't an easy thing to do. That's interesting because you're talking about bringing it back to basics of a, of a UX rather than doing flashy stuff like VR or AI. Actually, you're saying just get the basics right and in, include digital in that journey. Mm. Yeah. I think that for, for me that's, that rings true because I always think about what does my support journey look like and still it's quite fragmented. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you come to us in a digital sense, you know, what what is your journey then? And I think what digital can do is it can, can help connect the dots and I don't think we're quite there yet at the moment or at least I haven't seen anything like that but one of the projects that we worked on so we were quite lucky to um, work, work with JP Morgan I think I might mention this before uh, and they have a, like a force for good project where they they take on some charities and some NGO projects and, and they try and build something and so we're looking at trying to build something with them which is like essentially when that donor comes to us or that supporter whichever way they came in they create that profile they understand the charity we can feed information to them they can feed information to us and essentially present what Amazon presents to us as a consumer mm. but in a charity context yeah. and I think that's for me hopefully what digital can help us get to yeah that sounds amazing that it sounds does, like it? a it's brilliant like, thing to work on yeah we'll get I'll t- time will tell we're early days but yeah. it's a great interesting project yeah I'm going to read you um, a really Story. nerdy. <laughs> no, no, no. We're all about nerds. So, so this is so interesting. There's a report that was published um, in 2017 by Goldsmiths University, and they found um, 51% of people that they surveyed would buy from a brand they had never heard of if a better experience was provided. That is huge. That is huge. And if we look at what supporter behaviour is at the moment in the sector, and especially from an events perspective, and they're supporting loads of different charities, there's no real loyalty, what do we do about that? We need to answer that question, really. And I think having an excellent experience is going to help. Robo Kenneth turns up and still is 51% of all of our supporters. <laughs> <laughs> we're in massive trouble. But it, but it is so, and it's a right point. It's like, you know, you've got, I think what, what our sector has to do is has to look at the, the private sector and those are yeah. the pinnacle or the, the pinhead of the private sector and how are they retaining customers? Because we've all got access to all of this data now and, you know, machine learning is now becoming part of our kind of everyday phrase, but how the charity applies and, and jumps on those trends and make sure that they're because we're going to start having to think about them now if we're going to implement implement them in five years yeah. time yeah. so yeah. It's, it, but it's a challenge when as you say we have limited funds to, to work with we have limited resources to work with we need to make sure we're working with our donors money in the in the right way possible and providing them with the best return and yeah. so yeah it's, it's that challenge i guess the sector faces isn't it about yeah how do you invest and innovate at the same time. There are some huge companies out there. You, talk, you mentioned Amazon earlier on, their market share is huge. Like, there are stats around how, how much of, 
online shopping is done with them in the States. It's, it's monumental, the, the, the stranglehold that they have. Um, and then recently there was the whole Cambridge Analytica scandal with Facebook. And we've just upskilled around, um, around how we use Facebook. I'm a little bit nervous that <laughs> suddenly the hashtag delete Facebook movement is going to catch on and I'm going to have to learn everything else. Uh, it feels like there are huge organisations that are taking over that. Do you see that changing in the future? If more innovative things can come through, or do those guys just have such ownership over digital space that that's not going to change? Um, that's such a difficult question to answer. Um, and I'm just wanting to predict the next I 10 can't, years. Yeah, I mean, I can't do that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think the reality is that Facebook is huge and a lot of the charity sector and the audiences that give to charity are actually on that channel so we need to um, be utilizing it in the right way but the duopoly of Facebook and Google from a marketing perspective is a killer you know because that's what your marketing spend goes on and there's nothing else really well, in order to market your new product, you need to feed the, the, your competition. So, how do you ever yeah. break free from ploughing your profits into the very thing that you're trying to bring down? Uh, well, I think if you look at um, news as an example, and news was the biggest hit. So, when Facebook made their changes, news um, and news publishers took the biggest hit from that. Um, and they have a close relationship with Facebook and um, they use that channel to publish so much of their content and get the visitors that they need to their website. But the model for news is changing now, so it's more subscription based. Yeah. And that model is actually now becoming more viable. So I think it was last year that New York Times um, said that they're now making a profit from being a subscription. It's like Spotify as well, isn't it? Yeah. After, you know, I mean, I used to work in the music licensing business. For 10 years, Spotify made no money, but only now are they reaching that tipping point where actually the numbers stack up. Um, just to change direction a little bit, I'm conscious of you giving up your time, and thank you so much for coming along. What would you advise you would give to anyone who was maybe listening to this relatively early in their career uh, in the charity sector, maybe in a, in a junior digital role or, uh, or looking to maybe move from a fundraising role into digital, what advice would you give them about how to, how to make that move? I think um, if you have a digital team in your organisation, go and speak to them. Um, encourage, I would encourage having a mentor or a coach in getting more information that way. But speaking to your digital team about having access to the technology and the tools that they're using. So something as simple as Google Analytics, you know, it's got just a wealth of data. Get access, start having a look at how your products are performing. Um, is there any key metrics that you should be, because you're right, there is a wealth of data that comes through from Google yeah. Analytics. If you're just starting out on some kind of campaign, yeah. is there anything in particular you should be looking at or just conversions from that to registrations and seeing how that, or, or sales maybe through that? Um, yeah, I mean, depending on um, what you're doing, your metrics that you're interested in are going to be different, but conversion rate is the biggie, so looking at 
how many people are signing up to your event um, versus the traffic that you're getting to the landing page. But have a look at where that traffic is coming from, which channels are driving that traffic, and which channels are driving your conversions. And then matching that back to which channels are actually converting in terms of the people who are raising money. Yeah. Because that's so where we fall down from. Yeah. That. yeah. I think that's it, because digital does look, does look like the, it's a sexy area, I guess, isn't it? It's a sexy area <laughs> of the did, so did I just say that on the podcast? Yeah. And with quotation With quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. to, to see. It's the sexy area. It was quite a vision. It was quite a vision. Dear listener, I do apologise <laughs> yeah. But it is. But I think digital still has that kind of, that allure of like, that's really cool which is great and as we've just discussed I think that we need more people to be coming into it and actually setting out and saying I want to have a career in digital because that's where people are yeah but then as you were saying actually your career in digital if you're just starting out now will probably end up being in another role but just just running digital as part of another product in some way you won't be a specific digital person you'll be yeah I'd hope so I'd hope that um we were able to get to a point where we didn't exist in the way that we existed now, but we were really championing, upskilling people in the organisation because that's going to get us where we need to get to as an organisation. So it's doing the best thing for the business um, rather than the best thing for the team. Dina, can I ask you like, about your career and getting to where you are? I know, I'm sorry, this is where we go all... Not, not too personal. Personal. <laughs> I, know, I guess it's just about, you know, uh, like, was there any mentors? Like, you know, you're in a successful position, you're a senior digital manager at one of the biggest charities in the UK. You know, a lot of people will look at that and go, wow, I'd love to be there someday. I guess I'm just wondering if there's anything that helped you along the way. Was it a mindset thing? Was it a, were you driven always? Did you just, were you ambitious and you, and you asked for the opportunities? How, how would you describe how you got to where you got to? Um, I definitely had people that I've worked with that have really helped me lift myself up in my career which I really value and I'm still friends with them now and they're doing really well in the sector as well which is great um, I've had some really amazing managers and inspirational leaders really that have pushed me in the right direction and helped me get to where I am um, I've got a mentor at the moment Shout out to Laura Burns. Yes, Laura. Chief Technology <laughs> Officer. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've had people along the way that have really helped me, and that's been really valuable to me. Um, and you're clearly passionate about it as well. Oh yeah, I love working in this area. Um, I feel strongly about it. I also feel really strongly about charity and fundraising. Fundraising is where I started and I want to be able to, I feel quite protective of it sometimes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, I don't, I don't go crazy with digital because I want to be quite realistic about fundraising and who these people are that are giving us money. 
because it's really important. They're, you know, they're giving to an important cause. So, that's really nice, yeah. actually, because I think that's an important part of all of our jobs, right, is that we, first and foremost, we're around what the cause is, and then it's just yeah. how do we get the most for that cause, whether it's through digital, whether it's through events, whether it's through some kind of new technology. We're all trying to navigate that out. We don't have the massive budgets of the private sector to really kind of just take you do <laughs> well <laughs> wow. yeah. you and JP Morgan JP, yeah. Yeah. I would have, have a look at that it's a real good force for good they, they, they're really open to NGOs and charities but, um, but yeah okay um, I have a question for you so digital uh, is all pervasive it's 24-7 how do you switch off from that in the oh that's such a good question especially when you have a one year old that's, yeah. that's two good questions I've had <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had like, two good questions in the previous nine editions yeah. of this podcast I'm doing well I'm doing really well um, I've started meditating actually which I'm really enjoying I didn't think I would but I'm really enjoying doing that Food is a biggie for me. I love food. We like food on Do More Good. Yeah. And I love, I was going to swear then, um, I love uh, really bad food. Okay. Like really bad food. How are you going to swear around bad food? Oh, okay, alright, yeah. I've been told by my PR team that I'm yeah, not allowed no, to swear. Yeah, so I... And you're, um, actually, you're, you're a um, connoisseur of um, TV box sets as well, because you've suggested an amazing oh, yes. one to me. Which one? Looming Tower. Oh, yeah, yeah Looming Tower. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. I need a new one at the moment. Make it one of our takeaways. It's really dark, isn't it? It is dark. Yeah. I like it. It's good. Yeah. And Wild Wild Country, obviously. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm, I've finished that now, so no, I won't give any spoilers, but that's a good one. Yeah. So, Dina, we have got some quick-fire questions that we're going to put you on the spot with. <laughs> That we did on our last interview, so you might need, you might have remembered them. Well, maybe okay. not. So, okay, slightly changed. If you could place an ad on Facebook across the world for one day, what would it say? Oh, that's a really good question. Yes, I've got a really good one. I'm being too free with this. No, it's alright, you can be as free as you want, um, or as. You can either be, I guess the, the, an answer to this is either like really on brand or it's something like, I love crap food, send it to me. Like the Weatherspoons app, is there an app for Weatherspoons where you could ask other people to order you drinks? Oh really? Is that a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. So you could publicise the fact you were in a Weatherspoons, who I think have deleted all of their social media they have, yeah. Channels. So, yeah. um, but you could you could share that, and then people could order you drinks from the bar, and they would turn up on your table. Oh, okay, love that idea. Like, other than the fact you had to be in a Weatherspoons, it's a brilliant idea. And talk to other people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so we're getting with it. I do love a good quote. Okay. So I'm going to go with a quote, and it's. Um, Gandhi, be, yep. be the change you wish to see in the world. Oh. That is what I'm going to go for. That's what that question is for. Do you know what? I think it is deep and it really makes it you deep. think about so yourself. Okay. Right now, Keith Williams is at home just punching himself. What, just, <laughs> what did he say? He was like, you uh, <laughs> just giving. Okay, that was, that was, that, that, I, 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 think, I think we'll have trouble beating that one. That was a okay. Gandhi yes. quote. That yeah. is absolutely um, I guess we probably already covered this one a little bit, but what advice would you give someone looking to progress their career in, in the charity sector? Um, 
definitely get out there and network. There's loads of charity networking events. There's loads of digital charity networking events. We're really open about what we're working on and what we're doing. So come and chat to us. And there's, there's a podcast as well you can listen to. Exactly, there's a pod- great podcast. Dina's going to start her own podcast, I think. I've thought about that. Do you know, I have actually. She has thought about it. But, yeah. Why not? Um, many reasons, but time. Um, yeah, time. It's not the change you wish to see in the world just yet. <laughs> okay, and the last one. So, um, obviously, over your career in, in, in charity sectors, I'm sure you've come across hundreds of amazing supporter stories of people doing excellent things and inspirational things, and the reason we're all here doing what we do. Which one sticks in your mind and why? Oh my god, like. There's this one story that is etched in my mind and not in a good way, but I'm going to say it anyway. And it was when I was at Everyman, and people, for some reason, had an obsession with sending through naked calendars. I mean, like fully naked calendars. Of themselves. Of themselves. Okay. <laughs> and it was, it was so weird. I mean, we would get at least 10 every Christmas. And they were raising money. But that, it was brilliant. And the, the, it's etched there in my head. Yeah. Do more good uh, calendar coming this year, is it? Available at all good... I'm just recalling, we did, sorry, this oh, is no. we did have a conversation about doing a naked podcast. Yeah, this, is part, this is part of your... I'm sorry, Dina, this is... Last time we talked no about guess. how yeah, no the conversation guess. ended up on at the running of it, yeah. and that was it. That was it. Anyway, we've gone off on a bit of tangent there. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I think we podcast themes at all times. Yeah. Oh, they loved it. There was this one um, fire station in particular that would just send one every single year. Loved it. Who well, that's would, it. Who would, the fire who would work in fundraising for all of these different types of stories? <laughs> well, look, Dina, I think we've, we've done about... 37, 40 minutes. So, so, quick, quick takeaways? Yeah, takeaways. What, what do you get, James? Um, I've got upskill, I've scribbled upskill everyone. Upskill everyone. No longer having a digital team, but actually looking to, to everybody to up their own game. Yeah, um, so we're not putting you lot along, sort yourselves out. Um, spot trends and be bold about going for them. If you think social media is going to be a thing, then go for it. And I think I'm picking up on one that Dina said was just about networking, like get out there and talk to people. I mean, I know we've spoke about that a bit before, but yeah, just speak to your digital team, speak to your colleagues, find out what their interests are. Tweet them. Tweet them. Yeah. Dina, any, any you would say? Can I have one more? Well, no, can we give Dina an opportunity to... What, my any, any takeaways you think people should take from the conversation or general trends that you would Um, I would yeah, I mean, I would just reiterate what you've just said, really. And I would just want to really champion the whole customer experience and sports experience. That, that was going to be my Yes, yes. She got, yes. got, got you. Yes. <laughs> We've heard enough of James's voice today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Customer experience. That's a good one. The customer experience joined just up. Do, it, Think do about the simple that. stuff well. Yeah. yeah. So, Dina, where can people find you? We always like, so if anyone wants to follow you, if they've been inspired by your story and they yeah. want to get in touch. If you want to stalk me, um... <laughs> Uh, I'm on, any of that, yeah, depending on what you want where, where from me. Do, <laughs> <laughs> do not send me any calendars. <laughs> not in <laughs> um, On LinkedIn and um, on Twitter at Muffin Breath 
on Twitter. I mean, I picked that when I first joined Twitter in 2009, and it stuck, and I, yeah. I really want to change it, but then I don't, and I don't know whether Keep I should. Or... Have fun with it. What's yours? James W. Events. You've got like two, though, haven't you? You've got like an alter ego with like some, oh, yeah. some big that? cheese and. Uh... Well, mine comes. We've, we've gone 37 minutes. Next time. That's oh, the cliffhanger. I'll tell the story of why I'm fully man on. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> sounds like there's a. Yeah, it was a, it was a date of evening standards. Uh, yeah. There we go, listeners. There we go. Next well, look, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been for amazing. Me. It's been great just to hear you being honest and open about where you are and what's going on and. Uh, and you've gathered quite a crowd. Yeah. It's suddenly got very noisy. A bit busy now. Yeah. But James, uh, what are you up to this week? Uh, I'm up in Leeds. I'm going for the Leeds Half Marathon this weekend. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've been up in Yorkshire, which seems to be the only place that is raining this weekend. Oh, what a shame. So I think I'm out promoting Running Down Dementia again this weekend at another okay. parkrun event. We're doing well. Nice. We're up to 2,500 sign-ups. We need some more. So. Good. RunningDownDementia.org. Cool. Well, let's leave it there. Right. Do more good. Dot org. Dot UK. Do more good. We should know our website. You should know that when you're doing a dish sort. I know. I know. We're journalists now. We've got improvements to make. All right. Let's leave it there. Take care, guys. Thanks, Dina. Thank you. Cheers. Bye bye.